Hello? What's your favorite scary movie? Fear the Talking Queer. Part 2. Two? Who's gonna do that? Sequels suck. Hey, bitch. Hey, bitch. <laughs> Wait a minute. You look what? different. Do I? What is it? I don't know. Did you pay a visit to Miss... Uh, Dr. 90210. Miss Lizelle, <laughs> or what's her name? Who? Glozelle. <laughs> Remember Glozelle? No. Yeah. yeah. Lizelle. What's her name? From Death Becomes Her. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Liesl von Ruhmann. Yes. You saw her? <laughs> That was that. Yes, I did. I, I took a trip to Lisa Von Rumens and she took about uh, 10 years off of my forehead. <laughs> I would say six months, but sure. Oh, no. my God. I know. Hey, no? it takes a little bit to um, to get the full results. You look great. No, thank you. It looks, it looks really good. Thank you. Yeah, you know, I'm 30 years old. Uh, it's time for the maintenance to begin, you know? Tell, tell the audience what we're talking about. They probably oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we should probably clue you in. I just got a little uh, bobo in the forehead. <laughs> <laughs> scarlet bobo. Yes, I got some scarlet, scarlet bobo. bobo. The <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, 30 years old. And um, just like they say in the Neon Demon, it's just good grooming. You know, like, would you leave the house without brushing your teeth? I don't think so. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, this is just the normal, this is the natural next step in, you know, maintaining my youth. Yeah, no. You know what? This is going to be an ongoing thing for probably the both of us. Like, I already got my little hyaluronic fillers and my little line on my forehead, too. Yeah. We don't want to age. No, That's exactly. It. Bottom line. You know what I want to look like? I want to look like an alien. <laughs> yeah, like Nicole Kidman. Yes, exactly. Oh, that isn't my actual goal. I want to look like Nicole Kidman. Just <laughs> frozen. She's an alien. She's yeah, an alien. absolutely. I was talking to my friend about fillers the other day, and he was like, I want my face so frozen, I want it to sing Let It Go. I was like, You're so, <laughs> You're so dumb. <laughs> dumb. But yes, I want to look like an alien because this week we are diving into our very first sci fi film, which we like, I guess we can lightly count Killer Clowns from Outer Space. That was our true, our first true endeavor. Our true actual sci-fi. <laughs> but this is our first, like, non-comedic, campy, like, sci-fi film. Like a, exactly. Like, a, like, a, like an intense thriller sci-fi film. I would say one of many more to come. We have some good ones on our list. And we do. We've always passed over them, like, when they show up on our little Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. But, but we need to give the aliens their fair share of time. You know, right. we, 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 you know, we've given the vampires theirs, the slashers. Um, so now we got to get the aliens there too. But to be honest, ghosts. aliens. Oh yeah, we've done a lot of ghosts too. <laughs> and um, but to be honest, aliens scare me the most. Like I, I'm scared really? of aliens. Yes, what? I don't. Know, the, the idea has always, always made. Yes, it has. Because I just think that if they're are aliens capable of getting to this planet? They are obviously far more technologically advanced than we are, and we have no chance. 
Some conspiracy theories say that aliens actually rule our planet. Don't don't tell me that. I'm gonna I'm gonna cry. <laughs> and that we started out as sort of like their slaves <gasps> to come oh here. Oh my and, god! To come here and build pyramids so that we could communicate with the rest of the galaxy. Z. How did you learn this? I'm all knowing. <laughs> are you, no, I are mean, there's you, are so you an many, alien? <laughs> there's so many things out there. And actually, my sister-in-law, Rosita, she probably will never listen to this. But hey, girl. Um, <laughs> she she loves that this is very intriguing to her. That she loves, she'll go outside and she'll search for UFOs for hours. Girl, she loves her some alien conspiracy Wait, she'll theories. literally go out and search for them? No, 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 no. But if we're outside, she'll be like looking up like... I can't wait to see a UFO. <laughs> oh my god. That's like her thing. Like she loves aliens. So she clues me in on a lot of like conspiracy theories that she reads about or has seen on documentaries and things like that. And I've seen a few myself and I'm like, wow, this is really intriguing. So the information out there is really is really intriguing about yeah. aliens. The truth is out there. Me and my roommate have actually started watching X Files from the beginning. And yeah, yes. there's uh, I'm sure a lot of these stories that are told in X Files. I haven't done my research into it, but I'm sure they're probably all inspired by people's firsthand accounts with the extraterrestrial. And mm-hmm. so yeah, the truth is out there. Yeah, we just gotta you, wait for it. You know, some I've even heard a conspiracy theory that they said Little Miss Greta Thunberg. That not that she's an alien, but that <laughs> that she, <laughs> that she. Leave her alone. That, no. <laughs> that, you know, she's basically like our last hope. Like the aliens have been like programming this. Like somebody needs to come out there and say that we need to take care of our planet. Otherwise, we're going to destroy the entire thing. Wow. I mean, that makes sense that there's probably some higher alien beings just looking over us, just judging what hot fucking messes we are as a human yeah. race. Yeah. That makes sense um, to me. Right? We deserve whatever doom they uh... they bring upon us. <laughs> Have you ever heard about the Antarctica being like alien territory until like... The Antarctica? Like there's this whole underground... The like Antarctica, such as? <laughs> like a such as the Antarctica on the Less Atlas such... map. Uh, <laughs> the, the, underneath that layer of ice, there's like this whole colony underneath. or It used to be inhabited by aliens who were like like silverish colored and like when explorers went there back in the day that they made that they found these people who were like extra human like they were like eight feet tall they were all like silver looking they all had like white bluish eyes whoa this is like prometheus and that they were like yeah, we've been here, bitch. Why do you think that you're here? Yeah, you They're came like, We mixed our art. DNAs with monkeys, bitch, so you could build pyramids <laughs> <laughs> for <Fuck>. us. <laughs> That's hilarious. Wow. And then they no. dip. They're like, fuck this world. I've never heard that theory, and that is quite terrifying. So thank you for enlightening me. Now I uh, won't be able you're to sleep. Welcome. There's, they're out there. <laughs> so uh, to keep things light and fresh... We <laughs> <we've> <laughs> just, <laughs> we have decided to bring back um, a game that we actually haven't played more than once. So we are going to go right back into a Mad Libs. Yes, I think these are so fun. That, that Conjuring one, girl, had me dying. <laughs> yes, and so this is exciting. 
This is all gonna be all extraterrestrial UFO space alien themed realness. Yes, yes. Mine is a little sci-fi. I, I read through mine. It's a it's a little um we're gonna make it sci-fi. Oh <laughs> Alright, 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 cool. Alright, well let's just get into it. Alright. Cue the music. <laughs> Okay, number. 69. Adjective. Horny. (laughs) (laughs) Name. Sequoia. Yes, Sequoia, (laughs) come back. Adjective. Stumpy. Character. Not a character's name, but like a type of person. Succubus. That's perfect. Futuristic place. Tomorrowland. Color. Periwinkle. Adjective. Fugly. <laughs> Body part. Ball sack. <laughs> <laughs> Verb. Vogue. Animal. A platypus. Plural nouns. Plural noun. Nipples. Name. Liesel. <laughs> Liesel. Perfect. Animal. Frog. <laughs> <laughs> Verb ending in ing. Twerking. Perfect. Okay. Um, question. Like a full sentence? Like a full sentence question, Carl. You're getting, you're writing most of the story. Wow. What's your favorite scary movie? Adverb. Slotaciously. Okay. A sentence. <laughs> a sentence? Girl, yeah. I was okay, so I actually don't have a Mad Libs. I'm oh just making it up as I go. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, kiss my ass. <laughs> Okay, that's good. Okay. Um, number 13. Noisy thing. Why can't I think of anything that makes sense? I don't know. I'm thinking of a bunch. Uh, Like a vibrator. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's literally what I was thinking. All right. I am so juvenile. (laughs) I know. You are too because you said it. Yeah. Um, Natural item cannabis. Food. Spaghetti. Spaghetti. Buschetti. 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 Um, we're almost done. Adjective. Waxy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And another adjective. Wet. <laughs> um, <laughs> adverb. Stupidly. Adjective. <laughs> Bright. And then the last one is noun. Coochie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you ready for your story? Yeah, so you better read this beautifully. All right, ready? Mm-hmm. The year was 69. <laughs> everything. <laughs> this is great. Already. Everything was horny. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. Everything except for Sequoia. <laughs> Sequoia was a stumpy succubus from Tomorrowland. Oh my god. She had periwinkle fugly eyes and a waxy (laughs) ball sack. (laughs) (laughs) Sequoia was known throughout Tomorrowland for her outstanding ability to vogue. Yes. Unfortunately, life was not easy in the year 69. Thankfully, the world had a hero. 
Sequoia was on a mission to save every last platypus from certain doom. (laughs) (laughs) She packed a bag full of nipples and called her trusty sidekick, Liesel, the frog. Liesel was really good at twerking. (laughs) (laughs) This is a dancing duo. (laughs) Yes. Catch them on Legendary. Is that what that show's called? Mm -hmm. Legendary (laughs) season two. They'll be on there. On Monday, they set out on their epic journey. Sequoia looked at Liesel and asked, what's your favorite scary movie? (laughs) (laughs) Liesel. Lisa laughed slatatiously and replied, <laughs> "Kiss my ass." <laughs> after th- after thirteen hours of walking, Liesel's tummy was rumbling like a vibrator. So they saw. <laughs> So they stopped for dinner. (laughs) Together, they built a fire, fashioned some plates out of cannabis, and whipped up a delicious meal of spaghetti. Mm. (laughs) Thanks. This is the most wet meal I've ever had, (laughs) said Liesel. You're welcome, said Sequoia, stupidly. (laughs) Liesel replied, You know, I never tell you this, but you're my... But Liesel never got to finish their sentence. They were interrupted by a giant, bright robot shaped like a coochie. (laughs) (laughs) To be continued. Oh my god. Wait, that actually segues us perfectly into the movie. Because this movie also has a giant spaceship that looks like a coochie. (laughs) (laughs) It It does. That's hilarious. I don't even think I need to do one now. I think that was perfect. That took the cake. That took the cake. All right. All right. The tale of Sequoia (laughs) and Liesel, the twerking frog. Uh Uh-huh. And their battle to save every platypus on Tomorrowland from a big, giant, bright, coochie robot. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, that's amazing. I loved that. (laughs) I didn't even know. It sounds like that was written by like a 12 year old. Yeah. Well, we have the uh, sense of humor of a 12 year old. So that makes sense. That part is. Okay. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I was going to do one too, but I think, I think that's good. All right. Are you sure you don't want to do yours? Do you want to do mine? We can do yours. I guess with one more. All right. Verb. Fuck. Fuck is so universal. It can be anything. A noun, a verb, yeah. a person. Noun. Fuck. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Lady. Plural noun. Dicks. It's only a matter of time. <laughs> <laughs> Another plural noun. Balls. Balls. <laughs> verb. Jerking off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going real dirty with mine. Let me lighten it up a little bit. Adjective. Gorgeous. Okay, but adjective, I know you're talking about me. (laughs) (laughs) I just looked at you and I was like, gorgeous. (laughs) (laughs) Vehicle plural. Spaceships. Starships, women of life. If only it sounded that good, Jake. (laughs) That song in real life. (laughs) Yeah. Then this guy. (laughs) 
adjective. Lovely. Bunch of coconuts. Plural noun. Titties. <laughs> I, <love that> <laughs> I know you do. Adjective. Green. Another plural noun. Balloons. All right, noun. Marijuana. Marijuana. And then adjective. That's it. Delicious. <laughs> Give it up, delicious. <laughs> you look like a man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ready? Yeah. This is called Abduction Junction. <gasps> Spacecraft sightings occur all over the world. Here are some places aliens are most likely to fuck. <laughs> Roswell, New Mexico, the birthplace of Lady 51, a haven for top secret government dicks, <laughs> and a veritable breeding ground for alien balls. UFO fanatics can even jerk off down the extraterrestrial highway that runs through this gorgeous town. <laughs> Nazca City, Peru. Thought to be a landing zone for alien spaceships, the famous Nazca lines in the ground reveal lovely designs of animals and other titties <laughs> when viewed from high in the sky, of course. And finally, the M Triangle, Russia. Located in the mountains, this area is a hot spot of UFO sightings, green symbols written in the sky, and encounters with translucent balloons and humanoid figures that glow in the marijuana. <laughs> it's rumored that people who <laughs> It's rumored that people who venture into this region sometimes return having developed delicious powers and superhuman abilities. The end. Yes, I love that delicious I love that. powers. Yes, that I yeah that, that was very spacey. That was very alien, and that is very Ten Cloverfield Lane. It is. Uh, yes. Let's get to the movie, girl. Let's get into it because this one is a fucking trip, but in the best way possible. Absolutely. I'm ready to go on this journey. Are you? Oh, yes, I am. How oh, fucking yes. Yes. Take me to Cloverfield. <laughs> Where are we going? Yeah. Hop in, loser. We're going to Cloverfield Lane. Cloverfield Lane, released in 2016, directed by Dan Trachtenberg and written by Josh Campbell, Matt Stwecken, and Damien Chazelle. Oh my god. Weird. Damien Chazelle helped write this? Oh my god, La La Land. Yeah. Our film begins with a montage of a woman named Michelle, played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Uh, I... I love her she's she great. Is so underrated and i have plenty of lovely things to say about her so let's keep going okay well right now she's urgently packing her belongings and crying on the phone before leaving her apartment and what seems to be an engagement ring behind michelle drives far from the city down to the rural area where she stops at a gas station concerned she may be being followed she notices a truck pull up at the pump beside hers and leaves quickly her fiance Ben, voiced by Bradley Cooper, calls her. Ah, lucky bitch. I also just found this out by reading this. He's like, tell me something, girl. 
Where the fuck are you? <laughs> Where are you going in the middle of the night? There are <laughs> aliens in town. Stupid. She answers, but only lets him talk and say how sorry he is, and that she shouldn't leave him just like that. Michelle hangs up. As the man on the radio warns the public about power blackouts in the area, Ben calls again. Michelle takes her eyes off the road for a second, when her car gets slammed by a truck, causing her to roll into a ditch. Title card, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yes. Mama. Yes. Sign me up. Take me to 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. That sounds like the new happening club in the city. You ever been to 10 Cloverfield Lane? <laughs> yes. I shake my ass there every weekend. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> clack, clack, Studio clack. 10 Cloverfield Lane. <laughs> <laughs> whoop, whoop. Club 10 Cloverfield Lane. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so here we go. So the beginning of this movie, um, shit's already going down. And it's sort of this... Uh, silent montage if you will of Mary Elizabeth Winstead like packing her shit up she's like you know something's going down and we don't know what yeah. though and it's, she's and frantic and it she's, looks like she's in a hurry she's right. making yeah and I kind of like that because it uh, it doesn't necessarily clue us in what she's running away from yeah and we're like is it the threat that we've seen in the marketing is it you know the potential extraterrestrial threat or is that a personal threat we don't know yet but we will mm-hmm. soon find out. You know, and there's like sort of clues as to who she is around her room. There's some designs, you know, because, you know, we, we yeah. get to find out later she she wanted to design clothes. Yeah, she's going to win the sewing challenge later. Bitch, I had that joke already for later, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you got it in. You got Stop it. Stop <laughs> Yeah, so uh, yeah, so she's leaving this life behind, and she's getting on the road, and she gets on the road, and um, we, we don't really know much at this point. We're just sort of following this character. We don't even necessarily find out what's going on between her and Ben. There's never there actually a lot of factors in this entire story that we never come to really learn, and right. I love that about this movie. Like, I love the mystery. I love that they leave so much up to your own interpretation and imagination. Um, yeah, and a lot of this opening is really a testament to Mary Elizabeth Winstead's acting. Like she could be in a silent yeah. film, which not everyone can be in. Those are hard to pull off. She could totally pull it off. Yeah, this is totally silent film acting, and she is performing. And, and it doesn't. She doesn't have to rely on the dialogue right here. We know that she's going through something. She's stressed. She's she's frantic. She has a phone call in this moment where she is either arguing or she's uh, or she's having some sort of conversation that causes her to break down and so she's not in the best of places and um, yeah right. so definitely Mary Elizabeth Winsett is already giving a strong performance from the beginning and I love that I love her so much and I'm so happy she's great yeah I've been a fan of her since Final Destination 3 <laughs> me too me too honestly uh, I know a lot of people think of her from Sky High but um, uh, 
Never seen it. I told you, them Disney movies don't get me, girl. Yeah, that's not for you. But uh, Final Destination 3, that's where I first saw her, and I loved her ever since. I loved her in that. I mm-hmm. loved her in Death Proof. She's right in that. Oh, and yes. I loved her in, love her in this, and I love her in Birds of Prey. So, like, she's just so consistent every time she shows up in a film, she delivers. I don't know why y'all gagging. She brings it to you every ball. Okay, and people don't ever... I feel like she's not ever on everybody's right. She's, like, not a household name, which she should No, be. and she's, like, a scream queen, like Final Destination 3, uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. She's also Death in The Proof. Thing. The Thing. Death Proof. She is, mm-hmm. yeah. So she's got... Plenty of horror films under her belt. I'm sure there's another one we're not even thinking of. I bet there is. I'm sure there is. No, nope, anyway. it doesn't come to mind. <laughs> anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> but I love her. Yeah, so she's on the road and, you know, we have this creepy gas station scene. Ominous. Yeah, it's like, who's this? Po- she's obviously nervous that somebody's following her. And yeah, like you said. Well, I like- was nervous that I put Urban Legend back on because remember, <laughs> I was confused. And her name's Michelle. Oh my God. Yeah, this is. Yeah, we're like, oh my God. I'm we're- like, wait, Michelle, I already thought this. I'm like, did I put back on Urban Legend? Is that <laughs> a gas station? We're back in last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no stuttering gas attendants, though. She's pumping her own gas. Okay. Right. This is 2016, okay? Women yeah. get shit done on their own. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't need no fucking man, as we come to learn. That's right. And, um, yeah, and so then she's she's going down the road, and I do think one of my favorite things is, like, like you said earlier, like, there's a lot of unanswered questions, but I think it's... They're, they're not supposed to be answered. You find out that these things that we think are going to be so pivotal to the plot actually aren't aren't important anymore it's like our, it's almost as if like yeah. our, our human not our human but the the problems that we had in life don't matter anymore once the world is ending you know damn uh, that is a good ass point literally yeah. one of my mottos in life is are you gonna care about this when you die yeah are you gonna care about this when, when you you're die dying. or when the whole world is upended by an alien attack so yeah, I, I do. I do think that's or that. Uh, I'm assuming that's like what the what they're kind of going for here. It's like you know we have all these like trivial problems, relationship problems, whatever. But all that shit goes out the window when uh, there's no world to care about it anymore. Right. Literally, Michelle's life changes. Uh, you know, from our perspective, over like an hour and a half, and yeah. we're like, she's a totally different person by the time she comes out of this. But going into it, it is these little trivial things that are triggering right. her. Even her man calling her, Ben, and saying, come back. Yeah, come back. Ben probably doesn't make it much further after this conversation. I'm sure Ben is blown by that radiation smoke coming out of that oh, ship. Oh, absolutely. If he's anything like I think Ben is, he's dead. He He's not a survivor. <laughs> he's a loser. <laughs> Most and of the men in this story, I'm sure, are gonna or in this universe are for sure dead. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't think Ben's I would gonna be. make it. Yeah, I'm not making it that far. Are you kidding me, girl? Every time I watch this movie, this is about the third time I've watched this movie, and I'm like, this would never be me. But yeah, I would hey. never be so lucky as to be run <laughs> off the road by John Goodman. <laughs> so yeah, so she gets hit by a car. We don't really see the car yet, but this crash just looks painful. 
And he looks pretty bad. I'm assuming that she's dead. Yeah, anyone would. And um, I gotta say, though, that this situation of, like, her hearing these things about, like, the blackouts and everything, I'm telling you, this shit is my nightmare. Alien invasion. It gets to me. It makes me anxious. Girl, this is... I was just thinking, I'm like, she must live in Napa because this is what happens in the summer when Firestar and power <laughs> lines get burnt down. Our power goes out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that kind of plays into uh, something that I'm sure we're going to end up talking about a lot, which is the uh, the original script versus the script and what happens in this film that we got that was distributed and uh because maybe this is, maybe that's all it is maybe it is just some fires or whatever and maybe none of this is real but i guess Ooh. we'll we'll find out once we uh keep going so why don't we do that all right michelle wakes up with a head wound in a small empty room with an iv in her arm that's hooked up to a saline drip to her horror she sees her leg is chained to a pipe Immediately in escape mode, she grabs her saline drip pole and pulls her phone from her pile of clothing in the opposite corner towards her to call for help. Unfortunately, there is no signal. Michelle then hears someone coming downstairs to open the door to the room. It is a man named Howard, played by John Goodman. He claims to have rescued Michelle from the car accident and is keeping her alive. Howard offers Michelle a pair of wooden crutches to help her remain mobile with her leg injury sustained from the car crash and tells her to get good on those before leaving the room. When Michelle claims that her boyfriend will send the cops to find her, he informs her that nobody is looking for her. Michelle sets about carving the tip of one of the crutches to sharpen into a weapon to attack Howard with. She uses matches from her pocket to light some fabric on fire and gets Howard to come back to the room. He enters and Michelle tries to stab him with a sharpened crutch unsuccessfully. However, Howard quickly grabs her and sedates her. When she comes back to, Howard calmly explains to Michelle that there's been an attack on the surface and that the air up there is unbreathable, so he brought Michelle down to the bunker beneath his farm. After reiterating several times how grateful she should be towards him for saving her, Howard alludes that the attack could possibly be Martians, that everyone up above is dead, and they could be in the bunker for up to two years. Just then, a crash is heard outside the room, and Howard goes to yell at someone off screen. Michelle leaves the room and finds a younger man named Emmett, played by John Gallagher Jr. His arm is broken, and Howard tells Michelle that Emmett knocked over a shelf with a week's worth of food. Emmett appears more friendly than Howard and reiterates that the air on the surface is contaminated. Howard begins to show Michelle around the main part of the bunker, which resembles a normal living space. Living room, kitchen with a dining room, and a restroom to which he requires to supervise her while using. After questioning why they haven't at least tried to see what's going on outside, Howard brings Michelle up to the airlock to see for herself. Nothing appears unusual except for two hogs dead and decaying on the ground. However, Michelle spots Howard's truck with red paint on the side, and she recognizes it as the truck that hit her. Mm. All right, so first of all, could you imagine waking up to this? Like getting oh in a car God. crash and waking up like chained in a room? I'd be like... In a cinder block room? Yeah. No. I would be like, this is, this is the karma I get for, you know, living my life by scary movies. Now I'm in one. <laughs> 
Yeah, this is horrible. Uh, but I also, when I was watching it, I was like, this is how a lot of people felt during quarantine. <laughs> oh my God, bitch. I have that written all over. I'm like, this is... Girl. Especially, like, how they cope with living down in this place. But, yeah, like, what what would you even do? I would... I mean, I would, of course, probably panic and cry. But I know you, you, you ready to fight. I'm always ready to fight. But you know what? I was watching this going, like... I would be like, get me the fuck out of here. Oh my but, God. <laughs> but without even thinking to like do the things that she does. So this is like one of those moments where I'm like, wow, I would have never thought to get the saline. But then I'm like, eventually I would have, but she's fast. She's she, quick. She is smart. And thank God, you know, it's nice to have a smart heroine who's on, she's you know, a crafty she, queen. She's, oh my gosh. She's so crafty and she is resourceful. She's like, okay, my, my clothes are over there in the corner. Like my phone is probably in there. Uh, let me let me use this thing that's just sitting here. First of all, she <laughs> rips out that IV, which I'm like, Ugh, that also <laughs> so painful and uh, gross. And I literally wrote in my notes, I probably would have just sat on the mattress and cried. <laughs> oh yeah, I'd be crying. I'd be like, why me? <laughs> why? why? <laughs> what did I do? Yeah, it'd be a fucking disaster. <laughs> but not Michelle. Michelle, she uh, she knows what's up. So she like, she's she goes and she grabs her phone, and you know, of course, there's no service. You know, yeah, of course, we gotta eliminate the cell phone problem. Right, exactly. Let's get this over with. Like, her cell phone's not working right away. Yeah, totally. And then we uh, we have the introduction of John Goodman as Howard. The deck. John Goodman. He's giving a stunning performance in this movie, even though like, I can't stand Howard. Who gave John Goodman the right to be this fucking good in this movie? He's so uh, fucking good. He's so good. He's so frightening and socially awkward. This is one of those performances where I'm like, this is a real person. Yeah, no, totally. And it's so originally done he's not like playing some sort of trope of you know just angry redneck man or something like that scary man yeah like there are so many obvious choices he could have made and he was like no i'm gonna act like i feel like john goodman right like john goodman has been like the nice dad mr connor yeah he's mr connor he's he's everybody's lovable dad he's a fucking disney pixar character he's sully in the monsters inc like he is just right. warm he's like a warm fuzzy teddy bear man not in this girl i don't want to cuddle with no. none of this he said i'm gonna i'm gonna give you scary and i'm gonna give you acting and he does yes. but it's it's so weird because like you're saying it's it's an unconventional type of scary yeah it's, it's like it's like that thing where you like you you know when you meet somebody and you feel this like energy from them you're like they're they're acting fine but i yeah. feel like they're like off yeah he's like yeah he, he just has these little isms that show that he's like he's a little off again like i said socially awkward but he and he has a mix of being a nice guy like howard has moments where he is genuinely nice and he's having a good time yeah but also has moments where he's an author- he's an authoritarian figure. He's demanding. Yes, he's very that. 
he, he right and and i think the dynamic between him and michelle gets very scary because he starts treating her as a little girl he makes this comment too and i don't know if it's in this section or the next but he tells her um which she's like you know this is like crazy and he's like what's what's crazy like building the ark after the flood or something and oh so yeah there's this like this clue where like he's gonna be the man and i think that he trapped her to have a female companion yeah i think he has i mean yeah and obviously as we again we'll we'll unravel this as we go but this whole like situation with this like megan girl and and right. all these things that are come out and so um yeah we have a lot to talk about howard but just Gosh. know that john goodman gives a fucking stellar performance this is another one of those mm. that i think is overlooked you know because it is like totally. a sci-fi or a horror film like this is a fucking fantastic performance this could have easily been an oscar nominated performance i ag- i agree i agree and so that's a shame that it was overlooked but he's fucking fantastic in this Mm-hmm. When he's first explaining to her what's going on, I'm like, I don't, I, you know, like as from the perspective of a first time viewer, let's say, when I first watched this, I was like, I don't understand if he truly believes what he's saying or the power surges and the, the you know, what's happening outside. If he truly believes it or if this just scared him into doing this. Because then when right. we find out how things become decayed and, you know, all fucked up, we're like, did he see this happening? Like, the smoke coming over his hogs? Yeah, or... I mean, exactly. Like, the whole situation is so vague, and he's such a conspiracy theorist and obviously an alarmist, where, you know, I'm he's yeah. obviously been building this bunker for an occasion like this. So maybe it could be, like, just a hair trigger, you know, for him, where it's mm-hmm. like the slightest thing happens and he he goes full on he would have been in there during covid survival mode oh yeah totally right. and um but at this point we don't know as as a first time viewer we don't know if this is real or not she doesn't know if it's real or not she only has him who's like obviously you know if you were in this situation this person sounds like they are speaking uh, like crazy words like like this or is they're a, just trying to manipulate you. Yeah, manipulate. Yeah. yeah, to manipulate, or they're they're just yeah. What they're saying is so outlandish. Like obviously this can't be possible. This person is obviously troubled, you yeah. know. And so, um, yeah. And so then we meet Emmett. Yes. Uh, we find out there's another person down there with her. First of all, we we skip the part where she she again she creates a little trap where she oh, the fire. Yeah, she, yeah. where she like. She like buffies that uh, that crutch, and she makes a little stake out of it, and she <laughs> <laughs> she attempts to stab him, and then he sort of wrestles her and sedates her, um, and she causes that little fire. So she's again, we're just establishing more and more that this girl's resourceful. She's determined mm-hmm. to to uh, create her own fate and not have it be created by somebody who captures her. Right. And so then she wakes up, and that's when he explains to her what is going on he tells her that you know the air up above is not breathable it's contaminated and that it could possibly be the russians another uh, you know an attack of some kind or or the martians or possibly martians which you know again to a a normal uh, to an unsuspecting person that would sound very crazy extreme yeah extreme and obviously she's not buying it so that she meets emmett and emmett is played by john gallagher jr 
Um, Broadway Tony Award winner for Spring Awakening. Right. Um, right. Also the Psycho and the movie Hush. And uh, <gasps> what? That's him. That's him. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah. Totally. Scream Queen. And um, <laughs> Scream Queen. <laughs> so and uh, she assumes she's like obviously this person was also kidnapped. And uh, she's like, how do we get out of here? And he's like, uh, no, no, no. Like, it's true. Like, the air is contaminated. She's like, what? Like, Okay, I have a question for you. When you first watched this, did you know what was happening? Like, did you know that there was going to be aliens in it? Uh, I don't think I knew for sure. I was, I, I don't know. Yeah. If, and I can't tell if I was hoping for it to be or hoping for it not to be. I can't really remember. I, I saw this, the first <laughs> time I thought saw this was obviously in theaters, but like trying to think back on it, I don't think I, I knew what exactly. And you had already was. seen Cloverfield prior to this. Of course. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. So Cloverfield obviously was a, is a monster alien film sort of reminiscent yeah. of like, a, like footage. a sort of like a found footage mixed with like a Godzilla film. Um, about an alien that comes down and destroys New York. And um, <laughs> so the fact that this is like associated with Cloverfield, I was like, okay, well, there's obviously going to be some sort of, you know, extraterrestrial element, some sort of sci-fi element to this film. And so I, yeah. I suspected at some point it would be real. You know, I was thinking, uh, cause I had never seen, Clo- I still have never seen Cloverfield. And what I, the hell's wrong with you? I know. And so when I saw that when I saw that this movie was coming out, I was like, does it have something to do with this? And then it said they're unrelated. And then I'm like, okay, maybe not. And then I was like, but Cloverfield, that's such a, you know, specific name. So I was thinking that this was a total mind fuck and that we were gonna find out that, you know, that he had these people believing that this was true and then it wasn't. Right, which is the premise of the original script. So the thing about uh-huh. this movie is that this movie started filming before the Cloverfield name was attached to it. All right. So this movie was starting to be filmed under a, under a title, I think called the seller and the seller you know, it, it was roughly the same script. And, but then it got, then J.J. Abrams, I don't know if he how he came across this project, but J.J. Abrams' company, Bad Robot, which produced Cloverfield, you know, kind of got their hands on this while it was either either while it was being filmed or while it was in pre-production or something like that. Okay. And thought, oh, this movie could fit into this Cloverfield universe that I'm wanting to build and make it sort of like an anthology series where all these movies are loosely based or are are loosely connected to each other, but not necessarily the same story. So Cloverfield, so Cloverfield again is like, like I said, it's like a monster movie, like a Godzilla type movie starring a giant alien. Right. And then this movie was going to be its own sort of thing. Like it's uh, like the Cloverfield name was almost going to be sort of like a twilight zone esque, you know, connector between these movies. And there've been several movies now that have followed this movie or you know or in the, at least planned so there's one one that came out on netflix called the cloverfield paradox another movie that is not yes. story related to these but again it has sci-fi elements deals with you know space and aliens and things like that and i okay. think there's another one that i think is planning on coming out soon so that's how these movies are that's why, yeah. That's how they're connected, and that's why I did. I think expect there to actually be 
an alien something in this film. But the original concept of the film was that uh, there weren't going to be aliens in it. And we'll talk about more once we get to the ending, how it was going to end. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Right. So, And I think they even marketed it as the original script. Like, I don't think that they let us in on the the joke. I I do remember... I do remember sometimes in the marketing that there was um, that scene where at the very end when she's outside she sees the house and then the ship comes up behind it and she's like (gasps) like her eyes get all big I think that was in the original that that was in the marketing oh okay all right Okay, so she doesn't believe him, and then Emmett kind of confirms that, yes, the air is contaminated, and so then he allows her to see outside. Right, yes. So, yeah, they, like, kind of, he introduces them to their bunker, or their living space. Yes, their living and living spaces. Yeah, living spaces. <laughs> and, and, you know, to the tune of Hey Venus, which is playing on the jukebox. Um, which I think is a yes. cute touch. Like a lot, the music in this movie is actually really—it's almost like soundtrack Sunday. I like the choices. Yeah, totally. Like it's just random. I was like, dang it! <laughs> I can't use. I think we're alone now. I can't use Hey Venus. Okay, fine. I think we're alone now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, clever music choices in this. And yeah, so like it looks like a nor- like a like a house kind of, you know. Uh, yeah, it looks like an Airbnb that like you know. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And um, it's he has like v- he loves VHSs, which you know for us we that's right up our aesthetic. I was like, okay, great, you have everything here that I need. Perfect. Yeah, I don't need anything else. He's even growing plants down there. Yeah, and has fish. How cute. I know, but but do you have to change out their tank? Oh yeah, gross. Can, oh, he must be on a well though. Oh, maybe. It's just easy to get water. That's probably true. But wouldn't the water be contaminated, Mama? Well, he uses the water through, like, a hydroponic um, oxygen system. Uh, Like, that's how he, like... A what? A hydroponic... Is that what they put in my lips? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah, fish water. (laughs) But, yeah, I guess he uses the water to filtrate the air system. I don't know. I, you know... My BFA in musical theater only goes so far here. You know? <laughs> the science is too advanced for me. <laughs> yeah. This wasn't your specialty. Yeah, this wasn't this my what specialty. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So now we get to where she's like, well, can't we at least like try to leave? Like what's happening? And so he's like, okay, well, let me show you, bitch. Right. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so then he takes her up you know to the door pretty much the front door how to get out and it looks fine she's like okay what the hell is the problem and there's just like some dead pigs mildred and frank i think those are their names right how dare they yeah is that jake and frank was it fred maybe it was fred mildred and frank. yeah jake and frank <laughs> Oh, oh! So the name was Fred, and mm. you're trying to put some shit. You trying to be real I'm, cute? I'm just saying. I'm All just right. saying that. All right. It was just the resemblance <laughs> that confused you me. Be- <laughs> <laughs> A stuck pig. <laughs> yes. And so there's just like some dead pigs, and he's like, "See, told you." <laughs> and she's like, "But I'm like, he could have easily butchered them." Things. And left them there. That proved or it could be a Halloween prop. If he'd done all this, what makes you think that he wouldn't do that? Yeah, exactly. God, you need to. He needed to think of a better way to prove it to her. 
because if I, I were her, I would not. Yeah, I would not be uh, believing it. Oh, I just read here. This doesn't prove anything. Their name, it, the pig's name is Frank. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. I guess. <laughs> right. If I were in Howard's position in this situation, I'd be like showing her to the airlock, and I'd be like, since you want thinking, you want to know everything, since you, you know, since you all that, since you know what you're talking yeah. about, let me show you. <laughs> and if I were her, I'd be like, let me see what the fuck's going on out here. I don't see shit. I don't see shit. This doesn't prove nothing. You butchered those pigs, and I want out. Oh my god. I want out. Yeah, and then that's why you would die in five minutes. <laughs> so this is who is he to keep her there? You know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, why if she wants out, why wouldn't he just be like, fine, here? So why don't we like open, go on? Because now she has discovered that truck that looks like hers, and now we might get an explanation as to why he is keeping her there. Ooh, okay. Michelle talks to Emmett about Howard and is shocked to learn that he was not a victim of kidnapping as well. He explains that he willingly joined Howard in the bunker, knowing of its existence due to helping Howard build it. After Michelle tries to convince Emmett that it's all a lie since Howard abducted her, Emmett claims to have seen the attack occur, describing a red flash and running to get inside, which he says explains his broken arm. Howard makes Michelle and Emmett join him for dinner like a family. Howard continues to reference a girl named Megan, whom he claims is no longer with us. Emmett attempts some friendly table conversation, but is shut down by Howard, who speaks for him and Michelle, claiming they don't appreciate it. <laughs> don't speak for me. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me? I was actually enjoying the conversation. <laughs> now you done fucked up the mood. Yeah. Michelle, eyeing Howard's keys, engages in pleasant conversation with Emmett that appears sort of flirty, causing Howard to angrily respond. He warns the two of them not to behave like that. But when he's not looking, Michelle grabs his keys. A rumble occurs overhead. Oh my god, why does this keep... Hold on, let me lubricate. (laughs) Oh, is that Astroglide? Okay, good choice. This is Wild Basin boozy sparkling water in the flavor yum berry Ooh, delish <laughs> i can't get through a few of the talking queers episodes sober <laughs> <laughs> a rumble occurs overhead distracting everyone but giving michelle a chance to smash a beer bottle over howard's head she runs out toward the airlock and tries to get out michelle stands in the airlock between the outside and the inside as howard begs her not to go outside a car arrives and a middle-aged woman <laughs> <laughs> Gotta make sure that's in there. You just had to go there. (laughs) A middle-aged woman approaches and pleads to be let inside, but her skin is clearly deformed from an infection. Howard... (laughs) (laughs) My reading. (laughs) Howard urges Michelle not to let this woman in. The woman grows agitated and starts banging her head on the glass of the door, screaming to be let inside. Michelle backs away and returns to the bunker below. Ooh. Yikes. So we actually didn't get There's to that. We didn't get to the confession yet, but um, it's coming soon. Yes. We'll get there. We'll get it's there. In. Yeah. Okay. So this is actually one of my favorite sequences. Yeah. In this film. It's really good. Oh, yeah. I like this whole, this whole section. I think there's a lot of good things in here. The first one being for me is her finding out that Emmett wasn't kidnapped and the the shock on her face she's like wait she's like wait what but then 
she talks herself into it. She's like, okay, he could be working with him. Right. Yeah. 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 She's here's the thing. She's trying to, she's trying to desperately cling on to this idea that this is all fake, as anybody would. What? Right? Yeah. I'd be like, so you saw a red flash. Okay. So lightning or yeah, exactly you know, a fire. Photography. Yeah, fire like <laughs> blow. I don't. You know. So, yeah, she's still acting like any normal person would. Yeah. She's strong about it, too, because Emmett tries very hard to convince her. It's like, it's nothing I've ever seen. She's like, lightning. And he's like, no, it's like nothing. An explosion. Fire. And he's like, no, I, I guess I'm not explaining yeah, it right. He's like, he's like, I see what you're doing here. He's like, I see what you're getting at, but it's not what you think. And she's like, no, God damn it. She's like, you're wrong. But I just love that. The fact that she's like that. He's like, no, like. I was trying to get into this bunker. I knew about this place because I helped him build it. What do you think that was like? <laughs> well, he said it was. <laughs> and he said it was an entertaining together. time. Is what I think is how he described it. He said it was entertaining yeah. work. I'm sure it was probably very particular. In that, I'm sure mm-hmm. Howard is quite a stickler about how things are done. He was probably like, this will never get put to use, but hey, money, money, money. Yeah, of course. Yeah, he's from a small town. He's a small town little redneck. You know, you got to take the work where you can get it. Then shit starts going awry and he's like, he's like Yeah, he's like, wait, I know exactly where to go. Like Emmett. Yeah, he was fortunate to be a part of this project. <laughs> yeah. So then we have this dinner sequence. Ooh, this is intense. And this is intense. And this is awkward because it's like Howard trying to make them play this like happy family kind of thing. But yeah, yeah but he's also the authoritarian in this situation he doesn't want them to speak to each other he doesn't want them to touch each other at one point she like she like almost falls over because she's on a crutch and he's all don't touch each other no touching like he he yeah and i don't know if it's specifically because he wants michelle to be like pure pure and chaste and like untouched untouched virgin yeah virginal or if he just wants to be in charge and he he's just particular and he's so I I think his thing here and even when we get to the dinner part is like I don't think that Emmett was a part of this plan. I think no, that he not wanted to find a young girl to join him in this stupid fucking bunker and when Emmett came crawling in smashing his arm in the door he was like get the fuck out. Yeah, like, I, this is not the plan. Yeah, obvi- I yeah, I definitely don't think Emmett was supposed to be there. He's not, it's not like he like saved Emmett and he wants him there. Like Emmett is an inconvenience to Howard. Absolutely. So he doesn't want Emmett to get anywhere near Miss Michelle because if they hit it off, Howard is now out of the picture. Yeah, exactly. And Howard is the man. He needs to he needs to be in power in this situation. He's almost trying to create this new government down there yeah. in this damn bunker. Totally, totally. But Michelle, she's she's always thinking, she's like, How what's my next plan of action? How do I get out of here? She's still not convinced that that what's going on up there is any worse than it is down here, you know? Right. And so she's she she sees those keys. Yeah, she sees them dangling. Those like little balls, you know, that she can grab. Mm-hmm. And so I'm gonna grab this. She has to get him upset first, so she's like, "I'm gonna show Emmett my titties." Yeah, literally. Yeah. And that what happens. No. <laughs> Close, but she's like, uh, well, "Obviously, we're not supposed to interact with each other." So I'm gonna flirt with him and yeah. piss Howard and off, touching. and he does, and he gets all up in her face, and he's like, "What are you doing?" 
And what that was part that? is very scary to me. Oh my god. Because he corners her yeah. against the wall. He pins her. He backs her into and a wall. And he is a big <laughs> man. Oh, this yeah. This is a lot he's, of man. He's enormous. Yeah. He's just huge. And he's just towering <laughs> over her. And uh, she, but she's able to get those little keys, their little hands. And she gets them and she smashes a bottle over his head. And she's like, this is it. This right. is my chance. I'm getting the hell out of here. Fighting spirit. Yeah, yeah. She's definitely a fighter. And she runs out and she makes her way to the airlock door and she like locks him out and now is her chance. She can Her hand is on that doorknob. She has every opportunity to just walk out that door and then vroom vroom, beep beep, toot toot. Uh here comes uh middle aged Mary. Miss Middle Age. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Middle Age. Where's the actress's name? Where is I she? I deleted it. Is that bad? I was like, it's played by this bitch. And I was like, we don't even know her character <laughs> name. I'm There's awful. only four people in this Jake you could have left today. That's true. That's true. It wouldn't let take me up see. that much time. Yeah, let me, I'll look it up who it was. Let's give her proper credit because she she goes all out in this moment. Okay. It was played by Meryl Streep. Ah! <laughs> yes. Meryl Streep. Yeah. Her name is... Is it Suzanne Cryer? Yes. Why are there like six people in this? Suzanne Cryer. Oh, there was uh, the guy on the radio in the beginning. Oh. But then there's also Neighbor Woman. Could that be her? Neighbor Woman. So there's Suzanne Cryer plays woman. No, she's Suzanne Cryer. I I remember that name. Okay. And then Cindy Hogan plays Neighbor Woman. Neighbor Woman. I don't know. I don't know who that is. There's a neighbor in this? there's like eight people credited in this. Um, oh, Suzanne Cryer plays Leslie. Leslie. Mm-hmm. Leslie. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Suzanne Cryer as Leslie, middle-aged woman who pulls up. I don't know how. I don't know what. Oh, isn't she the name? Na- Didn't he say that she was a neighbor? He, um, he says, um, I recognize I recognize that her. That's um, Leslie. She she was a neighbor. Yeah. So she was a neighbor. Basically, she, uh, she... She knew what was happening. She, she, she knew that the bunker yes. was there. She drives to the bunker in this moment, and she's like, hey, let me in. Let me in. But and even though she's fried from radiation, she is still a Karen. <laughs> <laughs> she is, absolutely. She, is, she always will. She'll die a Karen. She's like, let me in to this bunker, you bitch. Yeah. I deserve to be here. I have every right to be here. Let me speak to your manager. <laughs> I really wish Parker Posey would have played this role. <laughs> Can you imagine? You bitch, I deserve to be here. Yeah. <laughs> you bitch, you, like you deserve to be in there. Who are you? <laughs> Do you know who I am? What I've done? I'm Leslie, the neighbor. Now you let me in, you bitch. <laughs> uh, you, I could play Megan. I'm a better Megan than you. <laughs> <laughs> and then she just starts banging her head against yes. the door. I mean, I have to say, all the performances across the board are great. Even Miss Suzanne Cryer as Miss Leslie, she is giving a great performance. She is. She is. She is absolutely at 110, and she is. She is screaming. She's like, she wants to get in. I mean, could you imagine the desperation of that situation? Like the whole world around you is fucking being invaded and destroyed. And your one hope is right in front of you. And this girl you're trying to appeal to. And she's like starting to back away because she's coming to and probably. Oh, I would have been the same way. 
you fucking bitch. Let me, yeah. Let me in. Let me, yeah. <laughs> and she doesn't let her in. And we just assume that, actually, we don't assume. We actually find out later that she ran her ass into the barn and died. So, <laughs> so we didn't get much of Leslie, but she leaves a lasting impression. That's for sure. Ms. Leslie's a mess because I would have just sat in my car and just withered away on my own. I'd been like, I'm fucking Yeah, dying. I would have put on some, some music. I would have. Look at these pigs. There's no way I'm getting out of this. This is sad, though. This is one of those moments where, like, you know how you're talking about, like, this is some shit that would actually scare you. Like, this yeah. is a scary thought. Like, that's one chemical fucking warfare can, like, literally ruin your entire world. Absolutely. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Scary. Yeah. This, scary this mass thought. destruction. How do we fight it? You know, people are not surviving, like, left and right. Like, the, the world as we know it is over. Like, over. Like, that's what scares me. And, and this totally snaps Michelle into the reality of the situation on the outside world where this is happening. This is real. And uh, you need to be prepared for that. So she says, I'll find a way out. But first, but first, to make an outfit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I got to look good doing it. So let's uh, let's keep going a little bit. <laughs> now, fearing that Howard may be right about some kind of chemical weapons attack, Michelle begins to listen to him. He apologizes for his previous behavior and admits to hitting her car, claiming it was an accident and saved her as a way to repay her. He then tells Michelle to stitch up the wound on his head from the broken bottle. Impressed with her ability to stitch up his wound, Michelle tells him of her aspiration to design clothes. Because <laughs> that correlates. I mean, yeah. I mean, I can, I'm sure she can do a mean stitch. Hand sewn. <laughs> Over the next several days, the trio become friendlier with each other and start working together like a real family in the underground bunker. Howard lets Michelle borrow clothes belonging to Megan, who he confirms is his late daughter. He even shows Michelle a picture of Megan. Michelle and Emmett also bond, with Emmett discussing how he had a chance to play sports for a university, but he skipped the chance to leave town because he was afraid. Michelle recounts a time when she saw a little girl being abused by her dad at a hardware store, and she felt bad for walking away and not doing anything, especially considering her own troublesome childhood. One day, the air filtration system goes down, and Michelle is the only one small enough to fit through the vents and go to the filtration room. She resets the unit, but notices a ladder leading to outside just beneath the window. On the window is written, HELP, scratched out, with an L and P having traces of blood on it. On the floor, Michelle finds two bloody earrings that she recognizes from the pictures of Megan. She shows the picture to Emmett, who says the girl in the picture is really a girl from his high school named Brittany, and she went missing a while back. The two realize that Howard is a threat, and they need to get the hell out of there. Oh, really, though? Oh, my God. Okay, so the plot thickens. I love this part as well because it's adding so many layers to this story that yeah. it's like, oh my god, it's just one twist. This is yes. gaggy. Twist after twist. And yeah, and that's like a super strength of this movie is that totally. it's like, this, sure, there's this humongous situation going on on the outside, and that's sort of the reason why these people are all together. But there's also this whole drama that's going on within this at the core in this bunker yeah. like there's a whole another plot where that involves kidnapping and uh you, you know, can just pull layer after layer yeah after seriously layer. it's like you, we have so many threats to worry about now not only what's going on outside but also the threat that is fucking howard 
because right. the bitch is crazy. He's nuts. So before we get to that point of learning this, right. you know, he has this big gash on his forehead from her hitting them with the, with the bottle. So before we get there, yeah, so he has this thing and he's like, um, you know, they're kind of talking about it. She's like, okay, I believe you now and thank you for saving my life. But at the same time, he has one of my favorite lines that Howard says where he goes, I know I seem like a sensible guy. Yes. <laughs> I know I seem like a sensible guy. And we're all kind of going, uh... But it's like his own... It sort of just plays into his own delusion about himself and that how what what he's done by abducting her is actually like a way of helping her and repaying her. I mean, he admits to the accident. This is what we were talking about earlier. He admits yeah. to causing the accident. And he said that it was his fault and that it wasn't technically purposeful that he caused the accident but it was his fault and he said he saw her lying there and just felt compelled to um save her since he had he has this you know underground bunker which is a flimsy it's flimsy and i it's flimsy because i'm like that hit to her car was in very intentional you yeah. met and he could have killed her in the process and then what would he have done yeah he would have been there wifing up Emmett <laughs> <laughs> but yeah or so, Leslie yeah or, Le- or, or Frank and Mildred I don't know <laughs> ooh <laughs> so yeah but yeah so he's like convinced himself he's like convincing himself that what he's doing is right and he's he's so he's like he, and he has no there's no budging either way no. You know, he, he he's right. He's doing the right thing. He's saving them. She should be grateful. And that's the thing that freaks me out about mm-hmm. him is the, yes. is the demands for her and Emmett to be grateful to him for this amazing uh, opportunity they have to survive. And I think it puts them at a debt with them. Yes. Where they need to respect him. Respect him. You know, make sure they follow his Obey. rules. Yeah, and which is worship. Yeah, which is a whole, which is a crazy power dynamic. I feel like there maybe was a point in somewhere in Howard's journey to get this bunker made where he was like, "This could be all for nothing," but no, I, I believe it. I believe it. Like the delusions, the playing, yeah, all the possibilities because it could be anything. Like he doesn't even know that there are aliens out there. He's like, "This could be anything. This could be yeah." He doesn't even Martians, know. Martians could be Russians. It could be anything. So he doesn't know what's going on. But I think that just the fact that there's something out there happening is only confirming. And he's like, "I am right. I am yeah. like every yes prophet yes." Almost. Yes, absolutely. It's like everything that I predicted was going to happen is starting. Nobody listened mm-hmm. to me. It is exactly that Noah, Noah's Ark thing. It's literally yeah. that like, you know, I I was the only one smart enough to make the fucking Ark. You and know? he's like, now me and Michelle are going to rebuild the nation. One sperm cell at a time. Yeah. It's weird, though. I'm not 100% sure if I believe that his intention is to, like, mate or anything with Michelle. I honestly... I don't know. I feel like the Noah's Ark thing kind of put me in that mindset. Sure. Noah's Ark, where, you you know, you're putting the animals in two by two so they can repopulate. So that's kind of like where my mind went. I mean, yeah. In my mind, he's like filling the void of whatever happened between him and his wife and his daughter. His daughter. Who've gone. And, you know, we don't know exactly what the story is there. It may not be as creepy as I'm trying to make it. I mean, it's creepy. I don't think it's... Or sexual. I don't think it's sexual. I honestly think he... He thinks of her as a as a little girl, and we and we and we and that's confirmed later on. There's a scene uh, in the next section oh, yes. where they're playing, yeah, sh- yeah, yeah. you know, that guessing game. We'll 
we'll get into yeah. that. Yeah, but so before we get into that, there's something I did want to call attention to because you mentioned it earlier, is the fact that this fucking feels, this whole little montage of them playing Happy Family literally feels like 2020. This is quor- oh, yeah. this is quarantine. This quarantine. was the COVID quarantine. Yeah, this is everybody like, what are we going to do to pass the time? We're all going to stay at home and not leave and not go outside. So let's play board games and we're going to just read oh, magazines. Yeah. Like, it, it was hilarious watching this it. Is, this was literally me on quarantine. Like, I felt like I was on vacation. I didn't have to work. Yeah. I'm like, I hope, you know, I'm still going about doing my normal things, which is probably why I got COVID. But um, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but I, I wrote in my thing, I'm like, this, the, yeah, this is like quarantine. And it's one of those situations where you're like, I guess I just have to make the most of it. Yeah, this movie predicted uh, it predicted what was going to happen in just four years. That's so funny. I was just, yeah. I was just watching it. It, even, it sort of triggered me. I was like, oh my god. I was like, these are things we did. We all, you know, jigsaw puzzles and stuff and like... All kinds of bullshit. Just hilarious. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow. Yeah, this is so funny. And, and Even Howard seems to have come around. You're like, wow. There's a breakthrough yeah. moment. Like, we've gotten to him and he's loosened up. Yeah, and I think that they said that they wanted that. Um, they wanted this moment of levity. They wanted it to be a little less serious in this moment. That way, when things actually went down at the end, it like... You feel it. You feel it. Yeah, like, there's a possibility that they're all going to get along and maybe start working together. And, um, you know, they do work together, especially in this moment when the air system, air filtration system breaks down and they sort mm-hmm. of work as a team and, uh, you know, because to, in order for them to survive, they do have to work as a team, to be honest. Yeah. Cause, because it goes down and it's in this separate part of this bunker where you can only access at this point through the air, the ducts or the yeah, because, yeah, or the, whatever yeah. There's like there. another door that goes there, but it's stuck. It's like jammed or something. Oh, that's right. So yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, the only way for them to get into it is to have her crawl through this vent system, and she does. Oh, the claustrophobia. Oh this my is god. Like playing on another fear. Yeah, totally. I was like, oh god. I was like, I would be freaking out. Especially, Especially that, when she has to go up. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to yes. say. I was, like, I was like, oh my God, that would be so painful. Like, trying to like bend your body like to go up. Yeah. The fucking Betty Spaghetti up in this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, fucking Gumby ass bitch. And then, um, <laughs> so then she gets there and then oh, plot twist again. Uh, Here we go. You know, she, so she, she sees that there's like a window looking out. So, you know, she hasn't seen the sun in forever. So she's like, She's like going up there and she's like, ah, oh, wow. And then skirt, skirt. She moves the little panel and it literally says help scratched with like <laughs> fingernails. And it's like, oh God, here we go. Why would anybody, what's the reason why anybody would be writing help? Because they're trapped and that from inside. Right. And there's blood on it. And then she finds these bloody ass earrings and she's like, wait, I know where these came from. I saw it in that fucking picture. And now it's like, holy shit, there's a threat. Like, Howard is a threat. Was he, was this girl chained up in this room? Was she, uh, what? Who knows? Was she in the bunker and she made her way through the air vents like oh, yeah. uh, Miss Michelle did? Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe that's why it's. Oh, maybe. Where's her body? <laughs> Where is her book? Where is the body? What if Megan is the reason why the door is jammed? 
like what if she like did something to like keep the door closed and him away yes like maybe she like escaped but i'm like but then where's her body i don't know anyway yeah. it, it, anyway it's just it's very suspicious maybe he maybe he got rid of the body and then just forgot to un- unclog the door oh maybe oh yeah that's true yeah because he get he probably could have gone through the skylight or whatever that is down the ladder yeah right and maybe he just forgot to unlock the, uh, yeah Unclog the door. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Unclog the door. Unclog but it. But then we find out that this was not even Megan. Yeah, this is not Megan. That's Brittany. She she shows Emmett these bloody earrings and yeah. these bloody juju beads and the uh, picture of Megan. Like these are Megan's earrings, and he's like, "Wait a minute, that's not Megan. That's Brittany S. Pierce. I fooled her. <laughs> She's been missing." Yeah, so now they know they got to get the hell out of there. But one thing in this section that we uh, haven't talked about yet is one of the, I think, the best moments of writing in this film, which is the conversation that they have about the regrets. The regrets that you have in life and how now looking at it from an end of the world perspective where the world is no longer what what it was or, you know, like... And looking back on those things, like how they feel feel about it now, I think that's just really powerful writing. And each of them have their own little moment because because Emmett kind of talks to her about how he had this opportunity to go off and do really great things with his life, you know, to be better or to at least have a a quote unquote better life than he had back in this small town. And he, but he was scared. Yeah, but he was scared, and he he never took that opportunity, and he missed it. And now with you know now with the world what it is now he'll never be able to to experience that he'll never be able to conquer that fear and that so that the opportunity is gone forever and um that's so that's so tragic in a way and her and then she talks about her regrets and her regrets is not being able to stand up to her oppressor or to somebody she Mm -hmm. sees as like a as an oppressor to to somebody who's helpless which again coincides to this situation and um i think that you know we see that also probably the situation she had with ben yeah absolutely and you know she she sort of runs from the situation uh she she, or she lets it pass her by or or she doesn't do anything she doesn't stand up when she feels like she should and um because she sees she says she sees a little girl being you know, pulled a little too hard by her dad, and she felt like she she should have said something, but she just let it happen. And now she's, yeah. but now she's given she's given the opportunity to act on that regret and to really take charge and mm-hmm. kick that regret to the side and actually stand up and fight for fight for herself, fight against those who oppress her, like Howard, who who are who is literally trying to keep her as like who sees her as a little girl and wants to have power over her and this is really her moment to and i think that's such great character development this almost becomes like a commentary for the entire film like where the strength of women and overcoming 
these obstacles, especially the men in their lives, like Michelle leaving. And then also we kind of, it's like, why did the, why did the wife take Megan and leave Howard? Yeah. Uh, what did he do that made them leave? And also what did he do to Brittany and where is Brittany? Yeah. And so there's all these unanswered questions, but about all the female characters that are mentioned in this film. And then it all comes down to, well, what did these men do to them? And why is this happening? Right, exactly. And and what what is she going to do now in order to to rise above this situation? And that's fight for her life. Mm-hmm. And so, no, absolutely. I think I think I like the regret sort of theme because in the end of the world, that's all you're going to have. You're Did only... you ever think about your regrets during COVID? Yeah, I, yeah, it totally does. Like, what what are the things I re- I regret not? taking advantage of going out more or you know seeing people that i haven't seen in a a while or just hugging people more you know when there wasn't a threat of of illness you know and so yeah it seemed like a lot of people went through this transition during this time in a situation like this where uh, because after during quarantine and afterward people have moved to different states or cities people have quit their jobs and found something and I think that has a lot to do with maybe my regrets a little bit, where it's like, I really wanted to find something that I was actually passionate about. Yeah. And here we are. If you're the talking Here we players. are. <laughs> yes. I think, yeah, we have, a pa- we have a passion for talking and... We have a passion for podcasting. Now. Yeah, who knew? Who knew? This is a passion I didn't even know I had. And um, Passion project. Yeah, love it. Yeah, absolutely. So you can only... We got to take hold of all those regrets... And we gotta uh, overcome them. Use so. them to Ju- and use them to empower ourselves moving forward. Absolutely, just like Michelle. So let's see how she does that. Michelle and Emmett steal Howard's tools, and Michelle, using her design skills and Howard's survival manuals, starts constructing a makeshift biohazard suit and gas mask out of the shower curtain. The two plan on overthrowing Howard, allowing one of them to escape and seek help. They continue to play nice with Howard, even partaking in a guess-the-word type game where Howard shows he sees Michelle as a child and a little princess and not a woman. After nearly catching Michelle working on the suit, Howard confesses he has found the stolen tools and brings out a vat of pyloric acid to dissolve them. Assuming a revolt, Howard demands to know why they were trying to take his gun. Emmett speaks up and says, He did it so that Michelle could respect him the way she respects Howard. Howard forgives Emmett and then shoots him in the head. No. I know. Poor Emmett. He'll never be a teen model now. No. (laughs) Oh, I mean a baseball, basketball. As Michelle finishes the suit, Howard comes to her room, clean shaven and with ice cream, relieved that it is now just the two of them. When Howard discovers the suit under her mattress, she begins to make her escape. Howard catches her, but she pushes the vat of acid toward him, causing him to slip and fall face first onto it. She climbs over and heads toward the exit. The acid eats through an electrical wire and starts a fire. Howard follows Michelle and she pushes a shelf on top of him. She climbs through the vents to head to the filtration room. Howard continuously stabs through the vents with a knife. He grabs onto Michelle as she makes it to the end, pleading for her to stay with him, but she slams his hand hard enough for him to let go. The fire starts spreading through the bunker. Michelle puts the suit and gas mask on and prepares to head on outside. 
This is when things are Action. ramping up, ramping up. They're like, okay, the, the, you know, we gotta do our plan. You know, the plan's gotta get in motion. Yeah, so Emmett convinces Howard that her entering the filtration system may have contaminated some of the items like the shower curtain right. and things like that so that the, she can get to starting her design challenge. Yes, and honey, she is the winner. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Not only did you make a fucking cat suit out of a shower yeah. curtain, but mama, you made a mask to go with it. Yes. 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 In the challenge. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Super convenient that she uh, has a background in designing clothes so she can create this this look, Mama. And she does. And it's super <laughs> cute. Uh, has a very adorable duck print on it. A rubber ducky. Oh my God, so cute. And um, yeah, so she's frantically working on this you know, under Howard's nose. He has no idea. He's too busy watching Pretty in Pink on on VHS because that was Megan's favorite. And then we have this uh, this guess the word game moment, which is very creepy where I feel like Howard has some like Freudian slip moments where, where, yes. where uh, Emmett's like... This takes us into the psychology of Howard's mind. Right, exactly. This is a great way to do it. And Emmett is like... Uh, he's like Michelle is a what is a what he's like a, a child uh, a girl little girl little, little princess and you're like oh my god <laughs> you can see ew. the confusion overcoming their face too. Yeah. they're like like what um, in the fuck child that's the last word I would use to describe her <laughs> yeah and it's yeah it's fucking creepy but and he gets all flustered and frustrated and they're like the answer was woman but the thing is he doesn't see her as that he sees her as a little girl that he Child. yeah and that he's her her father he's just decided Girl, he i know the word princess to describe her oh my god a, a little princess like what a little princess, a little princess. no she's a t- tall woman what she's, are you talking she's about she's a queen okay <laughs> yeah yeah she's a tall queen yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's so so creepy and it's like he's like fetishizing her as like a little girl and yeah. you know which is you know obviously what he does what he did with this girl Brittany obviously did the same thing like kidnapped her and and probably made her play the role of Megan ew but to and see that's where I'm like stuck I'm like to what extent like what was happening between him and Megan was he molesting her like was what was happening that he's so stuck on this idea of having a daughter I don't know I don't know but like I said I don't feel like they ever allude to it being sexual it's just power or it's like a power thing I think he, I mean, but maybe you're right. I don't know. We just never get the answer. I know. It's uh, it's literally up to us, like up to our interpretation of this of yeah. the material. And then so they, uh, there's another weird moment where he's like, I'm always watching, like, and they're trying to get him to guess the word, or he's like trying to get them to guess the word Santa Claus. And he's like, I'm always watching. I'm always watching. <laughs> they're like, what? Yeah. They're all scared. I know what you're up to. I was like, yeah, Emmett almost confesses to what's yeah. being done, and then Michelle's like, Santa Claus! <laughs> Santa Claus! So after that, Howard's like, hey, family meeting. By the way, I never told you this, but I have a barrel of acid, okay? Mm-hmm. And I found this shit. What are you doing with it? And they're like, uh, uh. And it's like, a, it's like the scissors that she's been using to design her outfit. 
to tailor it to her to her body <laughs> to her <laughs> to her measurements yes her measurements <laughs> and 32 26 yes 32 <laughs> yeah he's like what the hell are you doing with this and Emmett's like Emmett he tries to use Howard's psychology on him but Howard's mm-hmm. too Howard's too smart unless he does actually believe this but he's like I wanted her to respect me like she respects you Howard's like uh-huh okay yeah 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 I think he got the confirmation he needed and that he was like, you know what? This is never going to last. I I got enough food for two people for two years and you're not part of the equation. You never were. Yeah. So he's like, he's just been waiting for the excuse to just to blow mm-hmm. Emmett's head off. And he does it. And he's all, and that part is shocking. It is fucking shocking. It, it, oh, it's shocking. And I love the way it's edited and directed. Yeah. Like just how it gets silent and you just hear the ringing in Michelle's ears. Yeah, she's like silently Cause what, screaming. Yeah, because like, what do you do? I mean, I'm sure that is probably deafening, like that close range of a gun like that. Oh and it, god! And, and I probably would have jumped so hard, I would have knocked over the. Oh my! I would have jumped in the ass right then ah, and there. Yeah, yeah. Ouch! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, it's it's. It's a twist right there. And now Michelle's only ally is gone. Mm-hmm. What this the, is a what fucking the hell crazy is she going to do? And it's scary. But I think that I think that for her, it just motivates her even more. Like, okay, I got to get the fuck yes, out of here. Yeah, she's this like, is it. yeah, like I would rather die up there taking my chances, you know, with myself then be down here with a murderer who just yeah. literally shot somebody in the face in front of me and is well, and is now probably going to dissolve his body in a vat of acid like anything up yeah. like there can it can only go up you know outside it's either the same it's either worse or better I, you know and i'm gonna take my chances 50 50 and this shows the state of howard's psyche because after this scene happens he goes and he's all clean oh god this now is so now scary. the pest is out of the way so now he can you know fully show michelle the man that he can be. oh god this is so creepy. this is why i think it's romantic for some reason like not romantic in the sense that i'm a man i want to be with a woman almost to the point of like a predator like he's a yes, predator it's on the super hunt. predator predatory like he the way he like tries to make it okay by being appearing clean, clean shaven shave bringing ice, ice cream, cream like trying to it's entice mo- her oh it's so it's molestery to me yeah like it's i'm like this is a predator no yeah he's, he preys on girls he is a predator he's a he, we know that he's a kidnapper he kidnapped her to even though he lied and he's also a liar he like lied and said it was because he was trying to he felt bad for running her off the road but he for sure did this on purpose and is now you know trying to make her his little princess and that's so scary so scary and he's so and he's so good in this moment like uh, John yeah. Goodman's performance is just uh, It's so good. It's so Because it's good. so terrifying. Chef, chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Is that what you're going yeah, for? Yeah, chef's kiss. I saw, them, sure. I saw them fingers. Yeah, chef's kiss. Because <laughs> it's so terrifying. And then she and then she decides to make her escape. He almost ca- he literally finds her suit. And she's like, all right, it's now or never. And she fucking, she's like, I got to fight. I, I, no, no longer running from my oppressor. I got to be the change that I that I see in the world and um, right. or that I want to be right. in the world and uh, she yeah. fights and she knocks over that fucking vat of acid on him 
And he is, and he fucking slips and he falls face, face first, first in into shit. it, and then he's all burning and sizzling like fucking bacon, and then it starts dissolving the carpet. Yeah, and then it catches on fire, and she's like, "Okay, I'm, I got to get out of the, I got to get out of the vent." So she's going through the vent, and he's like stabbing through. Like this goes full on oh. fucking terrifying slasher this moment. Is this is slasher moment. Paris yeah. Hilton in House of Wax. Like this is literally Halloween Five, Danielle Harris. Yeah. In the in the garbage chute, or yes, <laughs> yes, and um, and then he's like, but he's also like pleading with her at the same time, like, please stay with me. He like wants her to stay, like he doesn't want to be alone. Like, it's also kind of very sad. He's like a incredibly, it is very sad. He's probably fucking lonely. At this he's point, lonely. he's probably gonna die. He's, just, I mean, if he, even if she had been like, okay, fine, well, let's extinguish this fire and live together. It's yeah. like, it's too late. This fucking shit, he'll never recover from this. He'll be infected and he'll die within days. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then he's just pleading for to stay. And then she's like, no, I'm getting the hell out of here. And she makes it to that ventilation room. And, um, and he grabs her. And he grabs her and she likes her. The the imagery of his severed acid burned hand <gasps> getting smashed. Ugh, oh my God. Gross. So gross. It's all wet. It's, it's, like, like, it's like boiling. It's like pizza fresh out of the oven. Like, ew. ew just, I mean, yum. But, <laughs> ew. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, it's so <laughs> gross. And yeah, and she like bangs it. And he's like, oh God. And then... I think his fate is sealed because that shit is on fire and blowing up left and right. And she <laughs> it fucking explodes. Yeah. And she makes it out. And uh, why don't we finish this off now? On the surface, the sun is shining and everything is calm. She sees Howard's truck and goes over to it. She accidentally rips her homemade hazmat suit and begins to panic, quickly repairing it with the duct tape she brought. When she hears birds overhead, she takes off the mask and breathes in the fresh air. She stands on top of Howard's truck to view her surroundings and spots what she thinks is a helicopter in the distance. Suddenly, the bunker explodes, attracting the attention of the craft. As it approaches, Michelle realizes it's really a massive alien hovercraft. It drops something to the ground, then veers off. Michelle jumps in the truck and frantically tries to find the keys, but finds none. Then she remembers the car and runs towards it. She tries to get to the car, but that sets off the alarm. The lights start flashing. The noises and lights attract an alien creature on the ground, so Michelle runs back to the wooden shed to hide. She peers out to see the alien creature lifting the car. It then starts attacking the shed. Michelle tries to find the keys to the car on the dead woman. Leslie, man. Fucking Leslie. Leslie. Coming through. Just as she finds the keys, the alien starts to poke its head through the flap of the door of the barn. Michelle points the key fob towards the car and turns off the alarm. The alien backs out of the barn. She then crawls out the flap door herself and starts to run to the nearby farmhouse, chased by the alien creature. Just as she nears the front of the house, the giant alien craft appears behind it, and the ground creature runs away. The craft slowly rises and moves towards Michelle, spreading a toxic green gas. Michelle runs back to the truck and puts on the mask again. The alien spacecraft goes near her and picks the truck up, bringing it closer to its mouth. Michelle grabs a magazine, lighter, and a whiskey bottle she finds in the truck to make a Molotov cocktail. She lights it and seizes the opportunity to throw it into the creature's mouth. It explodes and drops the truck, which falls crashing to the ground. Michelle, still alive, runs back to the car. With the keys, she gets in, starts it, and she drives down the road. 
She hits Howard's mailbox, which has the address 10 Cloverfield Lane on it. Michelle turns on the radio and hears that we have retaken the southern seaboard. The announcer says that anybody seeking refuge from the alien attacks may head to Baton Rouge, but anybody with combat or medical expertise is needed in Houston. Michelle reaches the sign that directs people straight to Baton Rouge or left to Houston. Michelle makes the choice and goes to Houston to fight. As she drives there, a thunderclap shows a bigger alien hovercraft hiding in the clouds. The end. Ooh, action-packed ending. Ooh, yes, this is definitely an action-packed ending. And one that is actually kind of controversial. Because, really? Yeah, because people were 50-50, I think, on whether they wanted the aliens to be real or if they wanted them to not be real and it to be created by Howard. And um, a lot of, you know, so this this ending was definitely reworked because of the Cloverfield name because they're like, okay, yeah. now, now that the Cloverfield name is attached to this, we have to deliver on the alien part. Right. That's what people right. probably were expecting by the right. title. Of course. So like this whole ending happens, but in the original script, what was meant to happen was that Howard chases her out. And this whole chasing that happens in the shed happens between her and Howard. And I guess okay. he has a, a bit of an expositional monologue where he explains more about his wife and maybe about Megan. And they have a big tussle and she ends up getting the gun and she shoots and kills him. Okay. And then she uh, gets in the car and drives away and she the first part of civilization she gets to is completely burned down and over you know looks like there's been an attack and she gets out and that's when she takes off her her gas mask and she's like oh shit and then they sort of leave it there oh where it's like oh like maybe he was right all along but we never actually see the alien threat or whatever it is you know so it's a little more ambiguous and not and not so specifically sci-fi or you know i guess sci-fi but like it doesn't go full doesn't go full alien movie but i i mean i don't mind this ending i i watched this movie recently with some people for the first time they're like oh no like i i wanted it to be like i kind of didn't like that i kind of wish we didn't see it so i mean i don't know it doesn't it doesn't bother me i think either i any of those endings would have been fine for me right even the one we get i'm like honestly the movie is so good that the ending does almost doesn't even matter to me like it's like she could have gotten out and realized that he was full of shit or she could have gotten out and there were aliens you know or she could have gotten out and then he chased her or something it could have been it was fine i thought i like the way it ends i like the i like the um that we do get to sort of see uh a visual interpretation of what Howard really is, which is a monster. Yeah. Um, and then I do like that this keeps going and that there are aliens. Because it, it very well could not have been aliens. It could have been just some chemical warfare from right. another country or something. Totally. But the aliens, I think, amplify it. Because, again, there's just layer after layer. Right, twist exactly. and turns yes, exactly. I feel, at yeah, every corner. Totally. I think that's what it is for me. Why I don't mind it. Because it feels like just another thing another obstacle a even bigger obstacle for 
Michelle to face. And even though she sort of takes it out pretty easily, it's just more kind of piling on, which leads to her, I think, this ending moment where she decides that she's like, I'm a fucking fighter. Like, not only did I fight yeah. my way out of the situation, I, you know, I made my way out of a out of a sealed bunker underground with the threat of a murderer but I also took out just like, a fucking I, alien I, spaceship. Like, I'm a fighter. I literally just killed an alien spaceship. Yeah. Yeah, she's a fighter. So when she hears on the news that, you know, the shit is going down in Houston, she's on her way to the age. And I think that that's when they should have put in, I'm a survivor. Ah, yes, Beyonce. Boom, boom. Yeah, H-Town. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Houston Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I love that last shot of the car going down the road and that thunder yes. revealing more craft in the air. Oh, shit. Um, like, this yeah. is great. It's like, I want more. I'm like, what's the next? I want more of the story of Michelle. I want to see what what happens when she gets there. What's the fight like? Like, Oh, I would have loved to see 20 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so um, one thing that I can say, though, is that I do... I do wish that maybe Howard had a little bit more solid of an ending. Like we did get that really creepy moment with like the clean shaven face and the ice cream, but then he sort of kind of goes out pretty, we don't really see what happens to him. And I feel like this character is a little more important than the ending that they give him because we don't really see what happens to him. And it would have been nice to have this big even just to see him engulfed in flames yeah or something. some sort of bigger yeah. i honestly would have liked both of them like both of the endings to happen simultaneously i kind of wish that howard would have gotten out and the aliens attack you were outside and maybe like he gives his monologue and then an alien kills him yes yes like the alien attacks him <laughs> in the end and she escapes that way. Oh, that would have been great. Right? That way we at least get a, a, a little better wrap-up of Howard. Maybe a, like just a final chance to understand that where he was coming from. Whether, you know, not, not yeah. saying that we're trying to justify what he's done, but just no, for the but... character's sake, you know? And for the audience to know, I don't need all the questions answered, yeah. but I really would love to know what the dynamic was between Megan and what Brittany had to do with it. Right. And totally. Why Michelle. Right. Yeah. So I, I do wish we had, a, it would have been nice to have that and, um, you know, give Howard like a better, maybe more climactic ending. Cause again, we don't really see what, what happens to him and he's like our main villain in this. And, you know, we kind of are, left hanging with what happens to him but i mean obviously we can yeah. assume he explodes but it's like oh man like <laughs> this the, they had a, I, I think they had a chance for a big confrontation at the end a bigger one and i you th- just see guts and ice cream coming <laughs> out of the explosion <laughs> uh guts and ice cream that's the name of my next single available on itunes <laughs> <laughs> We do. We did get some responses as to what people like about this movie, yeah. and they do center around this ending. So, beloved underscore freak um, says her escape from the bunker to the top was full of suspense. It is Love this movie so much. Right. Yeah, it's so full of suspense. And then, of course, just Joe Lopez. I was <laughs> <laughs> gotta be a bitch. This one, right? Responded when she goes out of her way to hit the mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> Which, but I mean, it does have a purpose because you see the na- the name of the movie right there. It all takes place at Ten a, Cloverfield oh, Lane. Yeah, and also, um, Mister Mistress of the Dark. Oh no, no, Mister uh, of the Dark. Yes, 
<laughs> says Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Also, that scene with the vat of acid. Yes. Oof. Yeah, I mean, which one? There's several scenes with the vat of acid that are like every time that acid he brings it out. Oh, yeah. Girl, when he dissolves them scissors in there, I'm like, ooh. Oh my god. Yeah, and then Oh, when she sees his when body. I think it's when he's when he sees M or when she sees Emmett and it's like just like pieces of the scissors. His body. Yeah. Oh my god, the scissors. Girl, when the scissors go. <laughs> Not with the scissors, Galvin. No. Not with the fucking scissors. How the fuck is she supposed to finish her outfit? <laughs> That's the real horror of this movie. Yeah. Oh my god. But no. Yeah. When, probably when he sees when she runs by and sees Emmett's body just sizzling. <laughs> yeah, Ugh. that's pretty scary. That's pretty horrible. That probably smells so bad too. But um, yeah. So yeah, we this like fart. Yeah. But yes, yes, exactly. But we yeah, we have this epic ending with these aliens. The alien looks like a little sea cucumber with teeth. <laughs> it's like a mix of like a dog and a sea cucumber. It looked like those little monsters from Trilogy of Terror. What the hell is that? that? No. It's like a little stupid thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then, you know, she has this moment where she uh she takes down one of these spaceships. With them, oh, yeah. with them, just her on a Molotov cocktail, bottle of whiskey. I never knew that's what those were called. Really? A Molotov cocktail. Yeah. Why? I should have. I shouldn't have told you and told you to oh. order one at like a bar. Let's see what you got. <laughs> see the response. Can I have a Molotov cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> it's someone's T-shirt and a bottle of rum. Yeah. <laughs> just fully lit on fire. I was like, thank God, <laughs> Howard's a fucking alcoholic. I guess that he just has a bottle of 151 or something in the back of his. Right. Truck. That was convenient. So weird. Yeah. Also, what did he make that vodka out of earlier? Oh, I know. I guess he's like technically it's vodka. But I mean, made out of what? I mean, maybe that's what it is. Maybe he just likes really strong, flammable alcohol, and uh, he was lucky. He was dumb enough to leave some in the back seat, and which helped her out because yep. then she done blew up that entire space sta- spacecraft. That almost is like a mix of like a biological creature and a spacecraft. Yeah, and a spacecraft. It has like these, a mouth. These are interesting aliens. So I want to know what planet they live on. Yeah, Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I can't believe that that little that little bottle of alcohol blew up that entire space station. Girl, I was like, no way. These are sensitive. I, they could have just spit it out. Yeah. And blew her up. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, that's end. how it ends. Fade to black. <laughs> cut to black. Just cut. Yeah, but um. Oh my god. Yes, but just seeing them in the sky, these like alien, these spacecrafts, that is so scary to me. Again, these are things I've had nightmares about. In yeah, yeah, invasion, mass destruction. It scares me. Yeah, and I would. I like you said. I really wish that you know they leave us on this sort of like. Thing where we're like, okay, we're gonna keep following her journey. I just know it. Yeah. And there's nothing after this. There's no yeah. second part to this. I know. I guess maybe. It would, I guess it might ruin it because it's such a perfect little story. But right. You never want a fucking bad yeah. fucking sequel to oh, come and yeah. follow up something like this. Yeah, because like this is great. the Cloverfield paradox is unfortunately of like the three Cloverfield films that have come out so far that one that followed this is not good at all it's pretty bad i definitely would say that the things the scenes that i have seen from the first cloverfield um i would say that 10 cloverfield lane is probably the best one. Oh yeah it is technically the best one for sure i love the first cloverfield but it also you know people who don't like found footage films 
you know, right. are not going to like I it know. that much. But I, I but think that movie is probably brilliantly done. And I can't wait till we actually do an episode on that because I think there's some really great things to talk about there. Uh, but I do love this film. I think it's, it is for sure probably the strongest in this trilogy. And um, yeah, I would, do you have any final thoughts, ratings? What do you got? My final thoughts are, I love the layers of this movie. I really love what they did with the writing. I can't believe that it started out. This is all news to me that it started out as a totally different story. Yeah. Um, I love where they go with it. And really, I think what really elevates this film are these Oscar worthy performances. Seriously. That are given by all four performers. Yes. Definitely by Leslie. She is the best. By Miss my Miss Suzanne Cryer. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, if Judy Dench can win an Oscar for an eight minute part in Shakespeare in Sha- Love. Shakespeare in Love. For Shakespeare in Love, <laughs> then Miss Suzanne Cryer could win for an eight second role in Cloverfield Lane. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But yeah, same. Yeah. I love. I think this movie is so good. I, I think it's a great thriller with just like enough sci-fi to um, you know really bring that audience in. And there is so many twists and turns. Um, strong female character uh, and it's everything. The yeah. set design, the writing, yeah, the directing, everything. It, the, it just works so well. Great. And I think John Goodman is so terrifying and so good in this. And it just showing a completely different side of his of his skill as an actor that we don't ever get to see or that he's probably not afforded the opportunity to play. And it's so amazing to see an actor just eat it up, you know, just fucking devour a role like this with every single heavy breath, every, yeah, absolutely. And uh, (laughs) he's just fantastic. And so I rate, I rate this movie a 4.5 out of five. Me too. Exactly. Totally. My thoughts, exactly. Yes, Four I, and a half out of five. I love it. I think it's great. The only thing is that maybe I wish the ending had combined the original and the uh, new ending. Yeah. And that's the We only- needed some sort of conclusion with Howard's storyline. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And um, But yeah, other than that, I love this fucking movie. I 100% recommend it, and I love showing people, and they're, they always enjoy it. So it's a, yeah. it's a good one. Yeah, it's definitely an entertaining piece of work yes just like us (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) all right well i think that concludes this episode that is out of this world oh you did it it. you're great that was great All right, y'all. Well, um, don't forget to follow us on all our social media. You can follow us on Instagram at Fear the Talking Queers. You can visit our website. Our merch store is currently down, but uh, hey, you never know when it can start back up and have all new items or revamped items or just the same old shit you've seen before. And that is Fear the... <laughs> you can find that at fearthetalkingqueers.com slash store. Um, you can email us. <laughs> fearthetalkingqueers at gmail.com. Yes. Send us an email. <laughs> you know, send us a handwritten letter. Send us an email. Send us a handwritten letter. Send us an email and we'll send you our addresses and then send us a handwritten letter. Yeah, and we'll that. send you some stickers. <laughs> oh, yeah, we can still send out stickers if you're interested in some 
If you're the talking queers, some free stickers, bitch, just DM us on Instagram or email us at fearthetalkingqueers at gmail.com and just give us your name and your address and tell us when you love us and why we're amazing. Yes, and then you can go and vandalize your city with stickers. <laughs> and if you can't get enough of Fear the Talking Queers, I also have my own podcast called Frankie and Friends, which is available on Wednesdays. Yay! Yes, check it out. Check it out. <laughs> um, I'll probably be making an appearance soon. Yes, we have some things in the works. (laughs) Yeah, just more fear the talking queers for your fuck. Um, But until then, sweet screams, bitch. Beep, pop, beep, 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 be